to Dr. Imposter, I think is the name of our podcast. Is that right? Uh, you know, it's anyone's guess as to what, if this is still a podcast or if it's just yeah, too. What, <laughs> what do we call this? Do we call this the, are, are we like the limited series of podcasts? Is that a mini series? Yeah, let's just, hope not. Let's, <laughs> let's set big goals for ourselves and then not uh, reach them. I mean, Seems setting goals is the most important thing. So. That's right. Okay. Well, where do we, uh, where do we start? I think I, we uh, start, I think we start with reintroducing ourselves for anyone that's forgotten who the heck we are. Um, my name's Kamehu Mathias. And I'm Austin White, and we are both, uh, at this point, third-year medical students uh, trying to figure out our life and maybe help other people that are also trying to figure out their lives, because we are yeah. super qualified to do that. Yeah, I mean, Austin, you and I have definitely got these uh, got this crap figured out. Yeah. I mean, I think we, the whole theme here, sorted. the whole theme of this podcast is... Uh, we have no idea what we're doing and we're wholly unqualified, but we're narcissists. So we're going to record it and make other people listen to it. Accurate. I think you captured. Yeah. I, th I think you captured the, um, overall goal of this podcast. So for those who have been with us for the past few years, welcome back. We're happy. You're still listening to us that you still remember what the heck this is. And for anyone that's new, that's welcome. heard about us, welcome to the Glad family. Glad to have you. Hopefully this doesn't uh, put you off. Yeah. And like Austin said, the whole goal of the podcast is just to combat. So let's get syndrome. into it. Let's uh, maybe start with just updates on where we're at in our lives. Um, I think you've got probably the most to update on. <laughs> I know. So, I'm trying to think when was the last time we put out an episode? Was it January? Is that, or January. was it before that? I'm trying to even remember. It's been That's so 21. long. Um, but updates, life updates. Um, we have a new imposter added to the Dr. Imposter family. My daughter, Mila. Mila Koali'i is the uh, newest, proudest member of the imposter syndrome family. Welcome to the podcast. I would, I would show, I would show her, I would put her on the camera on camera, but uh, Hannah's trying to rock her to sleep. Yeah. We don't want to accidentally which, dox your infant. Yeah. And she uh, does terribly at going to sleep. Well, she's going to listen to this in like 15 years and be like, that's rude. Thanks, Dad. Well, yeah, it's only payback for the amount of sleep that she's made us lose. So I plan on holding that over her head. Invoice her for time lost. Oh, absolutely. What's your billing rate? Um, at least the going rate for a moonlighting doctor. So 150 an hour, 200 an hour. That's ambitious, but sure. That's more power pretty, to you. That, that's pretty much my life update because that's, that's pretty much that's, I can't think of anything more exciting. 
Well, we're third-year med students. We're on clinical rotations. What rotation are you currently on? I'm on PEDS. PEDS. Tell us a little bit about PEDS. How's that going for you? I have um, really loved it. Um, I've come to realize that um, working with children is so much better than working with adults. I'm not going to say that I hate working with adults. That would be... um, that would be far from the truth, especially since I'm going into medicine uh, and will be working with lots of people. I have just found that, uh, that a lot of times adults act more like children than children do. <laughs> I would agree with that statement. And so, yeah. And so working with kids every day and, um, you know, just, just helping them get back to their healthy stage or just making sure that they're staying healthy if they are healthy currently, um, it's been really fun. I, I, I was not interested in pediatrics. Um, I've been primary care sports medicine all the way. Um, but man, working in this, in this outpatient clinic, um, with my preceptor, he's, he's convincing me, you know, he's, he's got me, he's got me thinking. Well, that's good. I think that's maybe the, uh, the point and the benefit of rotations is uh, keeping an open mind and learning new things that you might want to go into that you hadn't thought about before. Um, Do you have any uh, crazy experiences or good stories from this week? Um, Trying to think, I'm trying to think of some of the crazy ones. We had a, a baby in the NICU who was born in the toilet. Good grief. Yeah, boing in the turlet. Uh, so that was interesting. So as you can imagine, the baby came into the NICU with all sorts of, um, uh, with some acute respiratory distress. Um, you know, obviously, like checking the, checking the infant for sepsis, as you can imagine, in, uh, inhaling toilet water is not good for anyone. But especially not for... I stopped doing that years ago. Yeah, smart. Really smart. But especially if you're an infant child, you don't want to be doing it. No. Not good for developing lungs. I've heard that, um, yeah. Yeah, but that's how, that's probably been the crazy thing. It's also been fun. Um, you're on surgery right now, and I'm sure you've you've had similar experiences, but it's really cool being in rotations and being able to, or not being able to, but um, coming across these diagnoses uh, and issues that you've spent so much time studying in your preclinical years, uh, diagnoses that you, in your mind, as you were learning them, were like, there's no way, there's no way I'm going to come across this super rare, you know, like, you know, less than a hundred thousand cases per year. But just in the two weeks that I've been in clinic, there's been there's been two or three cases of of of, of things that are super rare in the United States that I was shocked to come across. And so, like that's been really fun to just see some of those things and be like, oh, I know a little bit about that, you know, just from studying from boards a few months ago. Yeah, I I would agree with that. There's just like a lot of diagnoses that I thought only existed in textbooks. Well, or 
on Amboss because who reads textbooks? But um, yeah, I was gonna say textbooks. <laughs> I wouldn't know what exists in textbooks. No, no, except for <laughs> there is there is an expectation. One of our uh, maybe I'll cut this, but uh, one of our faculty on the surgery side um, for the school uh, gave us our assigned reading for the week. Uh, and it was 186 pages. Shut up. No way. <laughs> 186 pages? There's yeah, no man. way. <laughs> just when you have time, just uh, just skim these 186 pages on were they, uh, surgery. Were they entirely aware that it was 186 pages? Yeah, because on the syllabus it had the number of pages. Oh my gosh. It had, had 13 chapters. 186 pages. What a freaking joke. <laughs> Can you That's ridiculous. That? <laughs> like with all the time that you have. Like I get working. I get that you probably suffered in medical school as a faculty member at a medical right. school. That does not give you the right to perpetuate the cycle of misery onto the future medical students. If it was necessary, maybe I could get that. But I don't need to read those pages to understand that material because I could get that knowledge somewhere else. When do you think that culture of consuming your young, when do you think that culture will leave medicine? Because that's not just a doctor thing. You know, that's no. a, I would say it's worse in nursing Absolutely. And, and across, across all healthcare fields. I, I feel like just like the, chop up your young and eat them is just so rampant. I just like have no idea when that's going to end. That's a sidebar. But yeah, well, I think there's like this false belief that like, Oh, if you push people to the point of like wanting to never have anything to do with the hospital again, that'll make a strong healthcare professional. And I don't think that's true at all. Just makes them bitter and jaded and uh, less, accommodating to patients yeah so you so i'm 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 taking that you did not read your 186 pages uh let's see if you're my professor i absolutely did uh to everybody else no no i did not (laughs) no i watched online meta and i saved myself about 30 hours you're a terrible terrible medical student you'll be a terrible doctor and that's okay You'll be a terrible surgeon. If I'm I a know surgeon that's what you want to do. <laughs> See, I don't know. I, I didn't plan on being a surgeon before I started this rotation, but it sounds better and better by the day. Really? There's a lot of really cool things about surgery. I agree. I just can't do. I, I want to know my children for the first few years of their life. That is the problem. The schedule is. Schedule's not great. I mean, specifically for example, during residency. Yeah. That that's truly where the young are eaten is residency, isn't it? Yeah. My preceptor's on call this weekend, which is in Utah, a holiday weekend. The rest of the country just calls it uh, July 24th and doesn't really note it, but we're different yeah, it's here. It's a big deal in Utah. Oh, it's a big deal. So he's on call this weekend and, uh, so that means I'm going to try and be on call this weekend. But there's a lot of weird stuff that people get up to on these holiday weekends. 
fireworks. Yeah, you'll probably and what have, have you. some. Yeah, I was about to say you'll probably. Hopefully, you get some uh, firework trauma. I mean, not hopefully, because you hope that people are safe. But there's also like a dark side of you, a little bit of a morbid curiosity. It's like, wow, I really hope somebody gets horrifically injured this weekend so that I can be in the OR to watch them get patched up. Uh, so we'll probably cut that because I don't want to be on record as saying that. <laughs> what, what, uh, what type of surgeon is your preceptor? Is he a general surgeon? He's a general surgeon. Gotcha. That's exciting. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. So you see a lot of like just guts and bowels and gallbladders and appendix append appendices. Uh, but also sometimes there's cool stuff too. Um, but it's cool cause, um, he'll, you know, farm us out to the other surgeons and the ORs too. So like in one day I could see, you know, ENT surgeries, urology, uh, yesterday I got to watch, you know, like plates get put on somebody's ribs, which was really cool. Um, not for them obviously, but, uh, interesting to watch. I need to really like change my vocabulary of how I describe cases. Cause it makes me sound so calloused, <laughs> right? It, it's, it's true. No, I, I, uh, I totally understand. Cause I, like I said, a few of the, the cases that I've seen in some of these kids in the clinic, um, you know, for example, for anyone who knows what like dermatomyositis is, um, it's like an inflam, you know, an, an inflammatory disease, uh, that affects the skin and, um, and and causes uh, can cause muscle weakness and things like that. It's a terrible, like it's a really terrible inflammatory disease that's really kind of debilitating. And uh, you know the 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 skin lesions that it cause can you know you know a lot of patients deal with insecurity with that. And there was a a young uh, a young teenager who came in with a, a recent diagnosis of dermatomyositis and was on methotrexate and. And, you know, I, I'm reading this on the chart before I walk in the room and I was like getting excited because I was like, oh, this is so cool to like, you know, this really cool case. And, oh, I know a lot about methotrexate because they had questions about side effects of methotrexate. And I was getting all excited because I was like, oh, I know so much about this, like finally. And then I like as I'm like walking through the door, I'm like, oh, wait, uh, this is a young teenager with this really horrible disease um, that's probably struggling mentally with this. So I'm like, I should probably remember that as I'm talking about this, not acting to too excited. Uh, yeah. Like, you can't, you can't walk into that room excited. with a big grin on your face. Like, Oh like, boy. Oh my gosh. I'm so exciting. I'm so excited to talk about your life changing disease. You calloused monster. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it, <laughs> I do have to like tame myself down sometimes when these, uh, when I go into to talk with patients that aren't just like wellness checkups. Mm -hmm. I have to remember that. Oh wait, this is a human being. This isn't a, this isn't a board question stem. This is an actual human being that uh, I'm taking care of. Not to like Trump that or anything, but I think that's doubly true in surgery. Especially oh, yeah. when like they're all covered up in, in the surgical drapes and all you're looking at is like a, you know, foot and a half by foot and a half square of uh, flesh of meat yeah. and oh. sewing it back together. 
and you yeah. got to remember that like on the other side of that drape is a person's face and they might be unconscious, but they're going to wake up and they're going to need somebody to explain what's going on and somebody to take care of them for the rest of their stay. And then past yeah. that. Surgery is such an interesting specialty. I, before medical school, I worked in an OR and um, it kind of like, it always kind of shocked me. Some of the things that providers, both surgeons, anesthesiologists and nurses would say about patients like patients they were operating on. Cause I, I think just to be in surgery more so than any other field of medicine, you, you certainly have to figure out um, whether consciously or subconsciously a way to like detach, almost detach yourself from reality and kind of dehumanize because you are, uh, you are slicing another human open. And so mm -hmm. there is this like level of dehumanization that has to happen because it like goes against all human nature to cut open another human being. But the, the, the consequences of that is, you know, there is such a heightened level of jadedness. Is that a word? Sure. Jadidity. <laughs> Judiciousness. And j j there's an increased level of judiciousness um, that has to happen or, you know, that happens. And so just some of the things that people say, it's always, it's just, you know, makes you shake your head. Mm -hmm. Something I've been trying to do is like, at least mentally when I'm like, when I'm doing all the good work in surgery by holding the retractors and holding the sutures for the surgeon, um, you know, important, important work that couldn't be done by anybody very, else. Yeah, very important. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I tried to remind myself like, Oh, we need to sew together. So-and-so's bowels, or we need to remove so-and-so's gallbladder rather than just like them, they, yeah. this person. Or, or not even like attaching a, you know, like a human pronoun, just saying we need to sew the bowels. You're like, <laughs> And I think the surgeon I'm with is really good about that. And that certainly helps. That's good. But I've been with other surgeons who are, I guess that's the other thing that's really baffling is, is even among the same specialty in the same hospital, you get surgeons like the same procedure. You get people that have such a different way of doing things. Um, to kind of take a sidebar. So we did what's called the bat class, which is the basic, uh, antiseptic, uh, or aseptic technique, uh, like how to scrub into the OR, um, all that. And the, the nurse that was teaching the class was just absolutely relentless to me and just me like picking on me, like, oh, your your hand was a centimeter over the uh, the edge of the table. You broke scrub. You would have to rescrub. Um, yanking the card out of my hand as I'm trying to gown. She's like, oh, you should have held on to that tighter. And it's like, I didn't expect you to yank it out as fast as you could, but okay. Um, and so, I before I got my haircut this week, I, my sideburns were a little long, and I'd already been told by. Um, our surgery professor down on campus, if your beard is shorter than a quarter inch, you're good. You don't need to wear a beard cover. And I was like, great. Cause I don't want to wear another thing on my face because I get really hot. 
So I get there. She's like, your beard is too long. You need to wear a beard cover. I'm like, it's less than a quarter inch. That's what they told me at school. She's like, it needs to be an eighth of an inch. And I don't think that's a rule. I think she just arbitrarily went half of what I was told because she hated my guts. Oh, I would not be surprised. She's like, you, and you need to wear a different cap because your hair is spilling out. She said it was spilling out. I think I had like a little bit of like length in the back of my neck. Fine. Good girl. Okay. I'll wear a different cap. But then I go into surgery and one of the surgeons that I'm with, not my preceptor, if you're listening, um, one of the surgeons I'm with has just super long hair and just spilling out of the cap, <laughs> like just locks of hair dangling over the operating field. I'm like, dude, <laughs> fine. Okay, fine. I'll play by your rules, but maybe everybody else should too. I don't know. But it was just funny how everybody's got a different way of doing things, different technique. And it doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just different. And I guess that's part of becoming a doctor is uh, figuring out your way of doing things and hopefully uh, maintaining a sterile operating field. (laughs) Which, I mean, obviously in surgery is super important. But uh, yeah, Yeah. it is very interesting, like just being on rotations um, and seeing the difference between uh, textbook medicine and practical medicine and uh, you know, just, just learning the ins and outs of um, you know, like how medicine is really applied um, with, with real patients, with real problems. It's been really fun. And that's not to say that textbook medicine is bad or that doctors are shortcutting uh, you know, in their practice. And that's just to say that thing, like, like you said, Austin, every doctor has a different way of applying knowledge um, and different uh, processes and systems. So I think that's one part of rotations that I really love is learning uh, from doc, like multiple doctors, how they approach uh, a case with a patient. Yeah. I think that's the benefit. At least one of them is uh there's no substitute for real world experience definitely not that's one thing you can't learn on zoom speaking of zoom our sponsor this week is <laughs> just kidding <laughs> no just kidding we have the free version of zoom yeah yeah which means that's about to in eight minutes and eight 30 minutes. seconds I thought with two people, we got unlimited time. That must have changed. Yeah, I think they realized that they could probably exploit people during the pandemic a little bit more. I mean, Zoom's great. Please don't remove our service. Thanks, guys. (laughs) You definitely didn't take advantage of people's need to communicate through the pandemic. No, definitely not. I wish I would have invested in in Zoom. Still better than Microsoft Teams, though, am I right? Uh, team sucks. Teams is hot trash. This episode is brought to you by Microsoft Office. Get it. It'll be the next one when we get kicked off of Zoom. And then we'll have to use FaceTime. FaceTime maybe, or maybe we should Discord. FaceTime. Discord. I do like Discord. I, I mean, I don't like necessarily Discord like the people well. on Discord, but I do like the service. What are you saying? Discord is so much fun and there's never any drama. No negativity. Or there's never 
There's no negativity. There's no salty, cynical people on Nobody Discord. Nobody blaming everybody but themselves for their problems. And I'm not at all referring to any Discord server that I'm in. Or any specific people on that server. So don't at me. Or do. I don't care. Or do, because I... Because I'll, I'll give you a piece of although, my mind. <laughs> although I... Uh, you know, have issues with certain discord servers. I do love lurking. Yeah, man. I, I thrive on drama and I wish that wasn't true about my personality, but it's just so fun to see people losing their minds over seemingly silly things, not seemingly over very silly things, silly things that have, that will have very, very little bearing on uh, then becoming a physician. So, but you just watch them dig a deeper and deeper hole and just make a bigger and bigger issue over something that in the beginning was not a big deal. And then laugh about it with your friends. Yeah. It's, it's just fun to watch other people like torpedo their career. And, and the funny thing is that no matter what medical student is listening to this, they will know exactly what we're talking about. Even if they don't use discord, because I know every medical school and every class within every medical school has some sort of third-party chat that they use. And everyone knows what we are talking about. It's universal. Yeah. Anyways. Well, uh, that's about all I had to talk about this week. What about you? No, I'm just happy to be back in the saddle again. I've really missed the podcast. I have too, man. Um, but I mean, just for the listeners uh, that weren't going through the same, I guess the same material and the same things we were just life got very, very busy. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah. we just, we just got a little overwhelmed. And, you know, when we started the podcast, we said right off the bat that, you know, we're students first. Um, and so you know, the podcast was always going to be something that got put on the back burner if things got overwhelming. And certainly, boy, did things get overwhelming. Yeah, just a but, little bit. Uh, yeah, but uh, we're still living. We're breathing. I think our heads are above water. At least my, I would say my eyeballs and my nose are above water right now. So I can, I can see, I can hear, and I can breathe. So... I'd say you're doing pretty good then. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to thank um, everybody that like followed up with us about the podcast and asked how it was going when, <laughs> because that means at least there's at least two people I can think of that have us subscribed. Uh, but Hey, tell your friends if you think this is worth listening to. But yeah. Amen. Happy to be back. Amen. Love you all. Do you remember our sign-off? Uh, thanks for listening to Dr. Imposter. We're doing med school. So can you.